Welcome to Team Up with Beata. I'm Beata Padua, and I'm very excited that you are here. This is a podcast about the teams of the future and the right ingredients for that pivot. This podcast will make you believe in teamwork again. Woohoo! It was the early days of mobile app development, and I worked on the team as a tester, a tester who, just like most people in the industry, had no idea where the mobile app market was going. Do you remember those days? Were you one of those people that were ahead of the game or like me, really didn't pay much attention to where is this all going? A little bit similar to what AI notion is going through in terms of change and revolutionizing our future right now. Before I started to work with that team, I went through, obviously I went through an interview process and in that process, I met a wonderful person who had like the last say that if I get to work with this team or not. And what was so special about this interview with her, it was that it felt more like a conversation with an old friend. It wasn't a set of questions and, you know, the what do you see yourself like in five years and all these questions that could literally be asked directly, like, who do you want to be? What's your biggest dreams? She was asking things in a different way. So the whole interview felt more like a conversation or a catch-up with an old friend or more like a new friend since we met the first time. But there was that time that I've realized how powerful working on a team can be. I was placed on this wonderful team. There was a one person dedicated to help me out. You can call like a buddy, where a buddy system was implemented in that company. So there was this person that was dedicated, but they were not with me all the time. They didn't have to because the team had my back. They were incredibly patient with me and my never-ending questions. They were never tired of those. This team was amazing and welcoming. For some reason, we clicked right away. They were a well-functioning team. They had all the high-performing team qualities, as I am learning right now uh, when I look back. To paint a picture of how we worked at the time, just to give you some sort of a visual there, we were a very diverse team in all aspects of diversity. It was a cross-functional team with developers for both iOS and Android, the testers, the designers, architects, and much more. We worked in a scrum way <laughs> with a rotating scrum master role. So that was the best way to get everyone introduced into, into this new framework where we changed our hat every sprint. It was fantastic, fantastic experience. But other than that, we also had team events, you know, or sorts of moments where we could spend time together. And most of them were organized spontaneously by those in a team. So there was not like an external person that would say, you have to go and have this workshop, I have to book this for you. We 
organize these things. So, I, for example, one of my colleagues had this idea that since app uh, mobile app market is, is such a new thing, why don't we have, don't remember exactly the name of it, but let's just call it innovation hours. I think it was something like that, innovation hour. And every week we would meet and talk about all the innovations when it comes to mobile app development that we found out there on the internet that we did our research. We didn't have a UX sort of a dedicated person, but we were all actively involved in making sure that we do our research and that we, you know, talk talk back to the customers. But where was I going with this? So yeah, we spent a lot of time together. We were, you know, pairing up, doing various activities together. And it wasn't always with the same person, the same group. Everyone was welcomed. We celebrated birthdays and things like that. The entire organization wasn't just looking at us as if we were some kind of super team. The entire organization had a really great culture. There was something in the air there. It was just nice. <laughs> it's hard to describe it, but great culture is something you feel when you're in the organization like that. There is no one, like you don't feel like there's someone talking behind your back. You don't feel like there is, you know, the negativity around there. It, it just really feels good. And it was large. It was a huge organization. So not a little startup. It was a really, really big international company. How did they manage to get the culture to feel so good? Up till today, I have no idea. I don't know what was their magic secret, but I really think it was the people that worked together and the people that were hired by other people because their entire team had a say when a person was getting hired. Now, why am I telling you this story today in the first ever episode of Team Up with Beata about trust, dedicated to trust? It's simple. It was this one unique ingredient that we all had with each other. And it is that we were not afraid to be vulnerable with each other. We shared many personal pains, celebrations, anything that was not just dedicated to our work, but also our life. Things that made our day the way they did. And the team was there to support each other in hard times. And that's not to say that if someone had a hard time, everyone jumped in and said like, oh, what's going on? You have to tell us. And, you know, we were quite sensible about it. And even before I joined, this team was like that. So it's not like kudos to me, all right? This team was really, really fun to be around. We argued, like some say, like good old friends, and then we moved on. We give each other instant feedback. It was amazing. As we worked with new features and new apps, that vulnerability gene, if I can call it like that, continued. As the new team members joined, that continued. And I have to say, there was not that many, if any, team members that left during the time I was there. It was extremely stable team. And we didn't have a dedicated coach or some kind of manager with coaching skills. We were genuinely curious about one another. 
Now, let's explore a little bit of science, a little bit of research, and see how you and your team can start trusting each other and how you can start trusting your team and how your team can start trusting you. All right? So it wasn't until much later in my career that I've learned about Dr. Jeff Pulser. And he's a professor of organizational behavior at Harvard Business School. He has been studying collaboration and culture for a super long time. He researched how vulnerability makes us trust each other in, in teams. Part of his research or his discovery was that in order to gain trust, team members must allow themselves to be vulnerable with another, with one another. Uh, that's sort of what he discovered. So the first, it's not like the trust comes first. It's vulnerability that is the prerequisite for trust, for trust to even start. And he wouldn't be a researcher from uh, Harvard <laughs> if uh, he didn't actually name this phenomena. So he called this the vulnerability loop. So let's walk through it as if you and me were part of this research. If I am sending you a vulnerability signal, you naturally detect that signal. Then you can choose... And ideally, as in the, the vulnerability loop is described, ideally you would respond by signaling your own vulnerability. So you don't leave me hanging there, okay? Then I detect the signal from you with my little <laughs> vulnerability antennas. And we together establish the norm. We get closer together and trust increases between us. The last thing now that's left, or more the result of all the above, is that now we are feeling more relaxed together, we are connected, and we start trusting each other. Simple, right? Super simple. All right, are you ready? So now the big question. How does one become vulnerable in the team, in the organization, in the team? And it's not... Not really that complicated, since vulnerability and trust are linked together closely. First comes vulnerability, then we start trusting each other. It is all about those little connections between individuals and moments that we can share. And now the question is, what will you do to create those moments? And as is in everything in life, it all starts with you. So now, if your team is not trusting each other, you start by being vulnerable. You start by sending clear signals to those around you, around your weaknesses. You start asking them for help. You start breaking down those barriers. And sooner rather than later, this becomes the norm because people start picking that up. People start being vulnerable back. And they will follow you. They will follow you. Just you sending the signal to the, to the group, to, to another person. It's not enough. They should not leave you hanging. This is not to say you, you share something with the team and immediately someone has to say, oh, but me, that's my story. You know, that's, that's, not, the, that, that's not how this world works. That's not how active listening works. 
we, we do it continuously. We do it every day. We do it uh, by modeling our behavior. The trick to start or the first big step is to forget about your own insecurities. It's the easiest way to start, forgetting about your own insecurities. All right, so now you've shared the mistake with your teammates and then crickets, nothing, silence, and just awkward moments. You try again. You can try to have one of the, like a team building activity or something like that where in a big workshop where you can sort of introduce this concept of, of trust linked to vulnerability but the easiest way is just to start and then don't give up continue sometimes it's about saying i have no idea how to solve this problem does anyone know even if you're the expert in the room and saying i have no idea how to solve this it will blow (laughs) your teammates mind that you're admitting it and they will share in the future things that they can't solve. It's worth it. It's really, it's really worth it to be the first person and picking up on, on not letting others hanging. Because have you ever been on a team where people are just covering up their mistakes? They don't admit that something went wrong, that they're having a bad day because their new puppy was keeping them up all night. You don't know even that they just got a new puppy even, right? (laughs) I mean, why not share a cute photo in the group chat of your eight-week puppy and make everyone go, oh, so cute. Not only you help your colleagues becoming more happy as the oxytocin is released in their brain, but you also share a vulnerability moment that leads to trust. Another great example that just, um, flew into my mind. I remember I worked in the in a, another large organization, and the head of the department there, whenever she had gotten her period, she would walk in the forum of the entire room, open space, and just say, "I got my period now. I don't feel so good. I'm gonna go home." And and you know, y- you sh- you should have seen the eyes of everyone around. All the women were like, wow, now this is acceptable to share. I feel, I trust you. I trust you much more because me and you share something together. In the future, I feel okay with sharing something like this myself. On the other hand, the other people in the room, not just women, the other people in the room, they were like, like, they were really shocked at first. And then this became the norm. This became okay for other women to say something like this. And, you know, I mean, this was amazing way to be vulnerable with the team and that way build trust, not only trust, there was many, many, many different things that happened through that announcement uh, once a month or once in a while that she did. So the first step in gaining trust in your team is to be vulnerable right and I mentioned many of sort of unofficial tools that you can use with your team that I've used with the team I've worked with in the past there are also official tools that some say they will build trust in your team and I would argue that trust is not something 
you can build. It's something that you can gain. Or as Rachel Botsman, who talks a lot about trust and she wrote the book about trust, is something that you have to earn. All right, back to the tools. So you might have heard of icebreakers, good old icebreakers. Don't we love them? Well, they happen to be one of those ways that help you to be vulnerable with your team. And before you go out and start asking random questions <laughs> to your team, you can use different tools. And I mean, there's a lot of icebreakers out there in the world. You can ask ChatGPT to generate some for you. Unfortunately, ChatGPT won't be able to answer them, okay? You have to answer them yourself. But there is there is a really cool tool I've been using before. It exists for quite a long time. A company called Range, R-A-N-G-E. They have a an icebreaker tool that is, I think, one of the best. I think that one is actually my favorite. So, so I recommend you using that one. And there is something else that I, I wasn't quite sure if I should share with you at first, because the tool is called 36 Questions to Fall in Love. <laughs> and I mean, why not? Let's do it. So this is a really old tool that was developed to help people in their relationship by Arthur Aaron, who actually researched this topic. He was the first one. It was the late 60s that um, this became a topic worth talking about. It was his life's work. And I think you can use those questions with your team. Of course, pick the ones that you feel that there are some sort of like the, the best fit it. For example, the first question you'll be asked is, if you could invite anyone in the world to dinner, who would it be? Or what would you constitute a perfect day for you? And it's actually easy to find these questions now. Um, there is a website recently developed by New York Times. It's called 36 Questions in Love. And there you'll be able to find questions that, that fit you, that fit your team, that will help you to break through those um, moments of silence. <laughs> you can orchestrate the vulnerability through that and through other icebreakers. And I have to tell you, those are questions are very similar to many icebreakers we've seen there. So who knows? Maybe they were inspired. All right. Another tool that you might be familiar with is called uh, Fail Wall. Something that teams have been practicing for a while and I understand that there is a certain need for people to talk about failure. Even Amy Edmondson wrote a book this year about failure. But as Daniel Ek, the founder of Spotify, says, I'm not quoting him directly, when mistakes turn into a failure, it's too late. So before it's too late, you, you may want to create like an official fail wall but I would perhaps call it a mistake wall or just share that during a team retrospective and make that sort of the start the beginning of the whole journey and then wherever you go just start a new vulnerability loop with everyone around you with your teammates with your colleagues on the organizational level with your managers Continue starting these vulnerability loops. 
And if you're looking for events that you could schedule with your team, so-called team buildings, I would look into arranging an impro theater. An impro theater is a fantastic tool that you can use with your team. It stands short for improvisation theater, where you learn to make mistakes and expose yourself by that to your team, to those around you, to your to, 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 to your impro group. There is no way that you will not laugh and have a great time together. So arranging impro sessions, it's definitely something worth worth doing. A simple exercise here that comes from impro theater is where I share, a, I start a story and you have to continue that story with yes and. That's a good old exercise that comes from impro theater, but by me st- sharing something like, a long, long time ago, there was a girl. And then you say, yes, and. And then you build up on that story. And she had the ginger hair. And yes, and the next person goes. You would be able to make a lot of mistakes. You would be able to have a lot of fun. You'll be able to share those special moments with your team. And I can guarantee you, it's like going to be the, the, the sort of the tipping point for your team, for uh, them being exposed to being vulnerable. So here you have it, the icebreakers, 36 questions to fall in love, and impro theater. All right, so remember my team that um, I worked uh, with, worked on developing mobile apps, mobile applications back in the days? That team, by involving me in day-to-day work, made me feel like I belong. And that feeling, my friends, is extremely important for us human beings. Being accepted in the team was a, always a prerequisite for being able to start trusting each other. We're not talking about psychological safety today, which is the feeling of not being afraid to raise issues in a team and organization. We will leave deep dive into that topic to the future episode, maybe even with a special guest. Stay tuned. It is a vital ingredient for great teams. However, you don't need to to overthink it. You can simply start today, start being vulnerable bit by bit, gaining trust in your team and go from there. There is so much more we can all learn about earning trust on our teams. But for now, I want to leave you with a question. What one thing will you share with your team this week? doesn't have to be this year, this month, today, this week. What one vulnerability will you expose? Small or big, it all counts. Remember, trust is a secret to collaboration. Collaboration is where magic is made and our organizations thrive. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Team Up with Beata. Next week, I'm bringing you a special guest. I'm sure you will enjoy that. And if you've enjoyed it so far, feel free to subscribe or um, write a review. But for now, I want to thank you and I'll see you or I hear you or I... (laughs) We hang out again next week.